Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, where speed's the name of the game. Follow an indie author and publisher and his guests as they share inspiration, tips, and advice on writing fast, writing often, and writing well, so you can do the same. Here's Ryan. Hello, hello, hello. This is your host, Ryan J. Pelton. Welcome to the Prolific Writer Podcast, and however you found us. We are really glad that you're here. We have another great action-packed, information-packed episode interview today that will inspire you to write often and write fast and write well or write fast and well and often, however you see it. But that's really what this podcast is dedicated to. And I work hard to try to find some of the most prolific creative writers in the world and bring them on the show and learn from them and talk to them and and hear what inspires them, hear what challenges them. And one of the things that you'll realize as you listen to the episodes and go back in and dig into some of the interviews is that we all have stories and we all have pain and we all suffer. And a lot of where these writers come from and the reason I think a lot of them are prolific is because they've gone through things, they've suffered, they've had trials, they've Uh, fallen on their faces many times and had some painful experiences. And today we're going to have an interview with Zach Bohannon, who's a horror writer, who's very prolific. And we're going to talk a lot about writing around the day job as he has a day job. He's not a full-time writer, as many authors aren't. But talks about that. But talks about the pain he went through and, and how he got into writing and why he writes horror and in that genre and, and just some things that happened in his life and moving around the country and just loss and pain and, and where we end up writing from a deeper place uh, because of the things that we go through. And, and so I, I really hope this episode is helpful for you. I think you'll be inspired. And, and I think as we kind of talk about writing around the day job, Zach does a really good job of helping us 
kind of put some very practical steps in place. And and what's interesting about Zach, and I think it's important for those of you that are listening, those of you who are aspiring writers, those of you already write, those that are thinking about maybe quitting the day job, is that, that Zach's very honest that he likes his job and he likes the day job. And so uh, he desires to be a full-time writer someday, but he also does like his job. And so he, he's learning how to kind of live in that balance and learn how to write in the cracks of his life, as I like to call it. And also how to balance that with family. He has a young family and work around that and, and really uses time wisely. And so you're going to learn a ton of things here today, wherever you listen to this, whenever you listen to this, this may be 10 years in the future, maybe uh, next week or next month. But whenever you hear this episode, I think you're going to gain a lot from Zach's uh, conversation with me. And, and so I'm really looking forward to you digging in with me. And we've been really fortunate, really blessed with the listenership. And so thank you for all who have been listening and downloading and sharing. And hopefully we can continue to uh, create great interviews and have great guests on. And hopefully you're learning a lot and applying a lot. Hopefully you're writing more words. Hopefully you're writing faster and often and well. And that's my hope and goal. And so uh, check out the other episodes at rockhousepublishing.com slash podcast. And you can see all the latest episodes. And also, if you could do me a favor and leave a review on iTunes, that would help us out a lot. Because the better reviews that we have, uh, the more opportunities we have to get the show out into the world. We want to help as many people as we can. So leave a review. love to hear your thoughts on the show. And uh, leave an honest review. And if you hate the show, great. Leave an honest review. It's fine. Uh, If you like it. Uh, leave a review too. And also make sure to check out some of the writing resources we have on, on uh, rockhousepublishing.com. You can uh, find some articles there and um, we're developing some uh, tools and courses and things to help you in your writing. And those will be coming out slowly. And uh, so we'll keep you updated on those and how that's going. And so hopefully those will serve you well and help you again, write more and write often, write well and, uh, and, and serve you in a million different ways. So, hey, thanks for the time. This is Ryan, your host. I'm really looking forward to digging in with Zach. So I want to get right to the the interview. And so here's Zach Bohannon. Thanks, Zach, for uh, coming on the show, and it's a pleasure to, to have you on. And, uh, and you know, I have a, actually an agenda to, to begin with, and I know this, is, this might be a little bit awkward, uh, but um, I'm supposed to talk to you about Lars Ulrich um, <laughs> and, uh, and just your, your affection for him, uh, your love for him, your idolization of him. And uh, so do you want to talk a little bit about that? I just that, – that came through the grapevine, someone I know, and he just mentioned that in passing. So I just want to see if you know anything about that. Yeah, well, Jay Thorne's favorite Metallica record is Saint Anger, so <laughs> he can't really he can't really say, but he loves that record. So I'm not even joking; it's it's not his favorite, but he actually does like that record. But uh, yeah, Lars is terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the best show the best show Metallica ever played was the one show he was sick and missed, and they had Charlie Bonatti from Anthrax, Dave Lombardo from Slayer, and Joy Jorson from Slipknot fill in for him. <laughs> it was actually good, but uh, yeah, I'm not a Lars fan as a drummer. So all right. Well, uh, well, hey, I know that you uh, have been a musician in the past, and uh, you hail from uh, Nashville currently, but it has nothing to do with music. And uh, so I just wanted to just say, hey, thanks for coming on, and uh, get to, we'll get to know a little bit of your uh, story. And, and Zach, you, you primarily write um, 
horror, would you say? Post-apocalyptic? Um, w- what other genre would you kind of fit into? Yeah, so, um, like, I primarily, I mean, you kind of nailed it. Like, I write, uh, I guess a really good way to put it is I mainly write post-apocalyptic, uh, which definitely, my post-apocalyptic stuff definitely has a lot of horror elements in it. Um, and I mainly do that in series. Um, and then I have some standalone horror uh, novels and novellas. It's it's a lot harder to write horror series. <laughs> um, even if you think about Stephen King, um, you know, his, his series stuff is like none of it is horror, like for the most part. Um, the Dark Tower's fantasy. Um, you know, The Talisman is fantasy. Um, his Mr. Mercedes, the Bill Hodges trilogy, he just finished up. That was like police procedural thriller. So like it's, it's really hard to write series and horror. So I kind of keep that for standalones. And uh, I also write fantasy, but that is under a undisclosed pen name. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, so, but so yeah, so horror and uh, post-apocalyptic science fiction slash horror. So okay. I, I find that interesting. You're saying this cause I, I know I've talked to a couple of horror writers recently and they said the, kind of the same thing. I think it's the challenge of trying to make a book interesting, you know, or you can't really stretch out a horror novel too far because it just gets you know, boring and to keep the, yeah. su- the suspense going. And, you know, I mean, Stephen King, obviously he writes huge bloated books, but, um, but, you know, if you try to stretch it out multiple books, it might not be as, as interesting. Uh, well, yeah. And, and if you think about movie horror movies that are franchises, like mm-hmm. there are long franchises, it's always like there's, it's disposable characters and the main, the recurring characters are always the villains. You know, you think of Halloween, you think of nightmare on Elm street, all these series we know, and you can't really do that in a book. <laughs> so right. it's, it's, it's just, it's a lot different. That's, yeah, good. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Well, it's always a, also an interesting uh, question is, you know, you, you assume horror writers and post-apocalyptic writers are, you know, I don't know if you have a, I can't see back there if you have a, a goat or something that you're sacrificing or, um, but horror writers tend to be pretty normal people. And, um, but talk a little bit about kind of your, why this genre, why, uh, th- this style. I mean, wh- wh- what kind of stuff were you reading early on? What, what kind of drew you to say, well, I think I'm going to write in this kind of arena. Cause obviously that's most of what you write in. Yeah. You know, I honestly think most, more of that like goes back to my, we, we can kind of circle back around to my music past. So, um, I'm, I don't know, like sometime, Around the time I was like 14, I guess, like we moved to, we moved away from Oklahoma where I lived for a long time and we moved to South Carolina out in the middle of nowhere. And it was very hard. It was like the hardest year of my life. Like I moved away from all my friends and we were, you know, it was, yeah. So it was pretty depressing time for me as, as a, as a young teenager. And during that time I kind of started to get into like darker music and which evolved to me really getting into heavy metal in my teens. And uh, so I always kind of had enough, you know, a love for like really just dark and, and grim stuff. Um, and, and it's funny cause I'm, you, you kind of mentioned it like I'm, I'm really normal. Like I'm, I'm a happy dude. I, you know, uh, but, but I think that a lot of that reason is because I kind of let everything else escape through the music I listen to and through the stuff I write. So like I, I was really into, you know, a lot of heavy metal music. I still am. And then uh, that kind of translated when I started to really want to read, it was natural for me to seek out stuff that connected with, like darker stuff that connected with that. Uh, just cause I just have a fascination for it. So, um, 
Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think there's a there's a misunderstanding with like the horror genre and kind of darker stuff that it's it's uh, you know if you read Stephen King, I mean that's probably an easy reference. Is no. he, he really is a master at tapping into kind of the human predicament and the ways in which we all suffer and the ways in which we all struggle and um, you know so taking like normal life and 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 kind of making it into horror is really how, I mean, how the things that scare us the most is obviously the things he writes about. Uh, he talks about that, you know, if you don't know what to write, you know, write the things that, that scare the hell out of you, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and I think writers, you know, they find, you know, ways, a channel, uh, an avenue to kind of do that. And, um, and it, it's probably a healthy thing too, is to kind of deal with, you know, your own junk and your own, and the stuff you see around you and, and yet do it through fiction. And it can be, you know, I just talked to, you know, your friend Jay and, you know, he mentioned that just the healing that he's had through just writing horror and just kind of dealing with his own struggles and, and things like that. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. I mean, there's stuff, uh, in my standalone, my standalone novels, I kind of use those as a, as, as an opportunity to, really explore some things that, you know, have happened, you know? Um, and, uh, like my, I have a novella called the neighbors, which is based off something true. Uh, there's the, my book lines of the devil, my which novel, um, is all, is pretty much about my twenties when I was playing bands and about my best friend who passed away. So there's a lot of stuff that got funnel, gets funneled into those books. So yeah, it, it's, 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 it's very cathartic, um, as Jay will like to say a lot, um, and uh, it kind of helps to to get that stuff out of me, you know. So I love it. So go back a little bit to kind of um, you know moving away. Uh, you know, if you're, I mean, those listening know the pain of that, especially if you're in school and you're you know lose your friends, and that's just such a, a pivotal time. Uh, you know, what were specifically some of those kind of inspirations, influences, you know, other than music, but you know, books comics, whatever you're, you're into, what were some things that kind of, kind of, kind of got you thinking like, Hey, maybe this is, you know, this is really good stuff. Maybe I could write something like this someday. Yeah. It really like during that time, it was really more movies. Um, like I got really into horror movies around that time too. Um, like, and, and, and writing came along with that. So, um, I specifically remember like, uh, really falling in love with the Halloween movie series. And I actually ended up trying to write my own screenplay. <laughs> so that was kind of like my first, uh, for like a sequel to the movie. And then, um, so that was kind of the, the thing for me, like early on. Um, and then when I started getting into reading more stuff, um, you know, the, the thing, the book that really set me off to really, uh, to really want to read more and be more into read was the dark tower by Stephen King. Like that was, that was uh, the, the, still my favorite book series. Um, I really hope they don't mess up the movie. I don't think they will. <laughs> but uh, but uh, but that was kind of the, the first book I read, The Gunslinger, and then read the rest of the books where I was like, okay. And then ever since then, it's just been like, I can't get enough reading. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he seems to be, uh, you know, especially his stuff in the, I don't know, when did Dark Tower come out? I don't remember. Was that 80s? Sure. Well, the, the first book actually came out in 78, I think. Oh, that long um, okay. Or 76. It is the late 70s. And then um, he's notorious with that series for, like, basically forgetting about it for years and then, like, going on to something else. That's and right. That's right. He actually, yeah, he actually didn't finish it until, like, 2009 or something like that. Like, it was a, I mean, and then he actually wrote another book for the series in 2012, I think. Um, but it took him decades literally to finish that series so um but 
made a lot of people mad because <laughs> he kept taking so long. Luckily, I was I'm young enough to where I came in when it was pretty much done. So, so yeah. when you uh, were you know watching movies and, and especially horror movies and things like that, what you know as you kind of s- sit down now and you you know began writing. Um, I, you know, how, how do you kind of connect those two things? I mean, is it, is it, is it kind of a visual thing when you're writing? Is it, um, you know, do you kind of go back and go, what, what made that suspenseful? What made that scary? I know books and film, you know, they can be different, but you know, they can be very similar at times. Um, but you know, what kind of influences did you kind of take from one medium to the other? Yeah, I think it was mainly just like, I think it helped me with just learning a lot of the different tropes of the horror genre. Um, and, and, you know, I, I love watching, you know, uh, ser- serialized television and stuff now. So uh, all those things have given me a real cinematic view of, of writing. So I really like think out the scene just like I, if I'm looking at, at a, on, on a movie screen. And it, it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of – it'd be hard for me to sit here and tell you exactly what I got out of it that I like use now. I think a lot of stuff just kind of – is ingrained in me now, like a lot of the story elements and the tropes and stuff where I just kind of, it's just natural for me to write those stories. Um, but, uh, but there was definitely a progression from, you know, reading or watching movies and then being in bands. And I, you know, for a couple of bands I was in, I would write all the lyrics. So, you know, uh, and then there was definitely a progression going from lyrics to, you know, writing novels. So, um, but yeah, it's to answer to go back full circle. Like I said, it's kind of a hard question to answer, just because it's. I think I think I just took things in, and then a lot of things came naturally to me when I started writing. So now, how would you say your uh, your kind of style? Like, how, how did it? How has it kind of evolved from you know reading Stephen King? Because I think when you read Stephen King, you just kind of feel overwhelmed. I mean, you're. <laughs> I mean, one, the books are just huge and then they're you know he's very actually very good with words and and articulate and and all that um but you know how would you say you kind of go okay you know i'm obviously i'm learning from stephen king i'm not stephen king um any any other kind of influences like style wise um you know that that you kind of go yeah i kind of i kind of if anyone reads my stuff this is probably the style that 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 i'm kind of fall into yeah, I don't really like. I read so many different authors, and I like so much different stuff that, like, you know, uh, I, I think that influence gets spread out everywhere. So, like, for instance, going back to my novel Lines for the Devil, like at the time I was reading a ton of Clive Barker, and if anyone's ever read Clive Barker, he'll make you not want to be a writer because he's just so good. <laughs> and uh, and I, I enjoy his short fiction a lot more than I enjoy his novels, just because his language is so rich that it almost becomes too much. But when I was writing that book, there's a lot of scenes in, in, in that book. They're very, very visual and very over the top, like you would think in a Clive Barker, uh, a, a Clive Barker novel. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, and, and so like, uh, you know, and with my fantasy stuff, I'm writing under a pen name, like, you know, I'm a huge fan of Brandon Sanderson. So a lot of his, his style has really, like, I've really, really taken to a lot of the stuff he does. Um, but I just, I read so many different authors. I think it's just kind of a blend. And then, you know, working with an editor kind of helps uh, form your voice a little bit. Like that's been a, like working with the same editor consistently has really helped out a lot. So um, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just kind of a mix of things to be honest with you. So, so let's go back to kind of when you first started writing, like what was kind of your first thing um, where you, 
you know, put pencil to paper, pen to paper, typewriter, computer, whatever, where you said, I'm just going to write something. When, when was that beginning to happen? Oh, probably, oh, I would say probably like 10, 11, 12. I would like, you know, scribble. I mean, you can go back further than that. Like, I, I mean, when I was a real little kid, I would, I was really into, uh, really into sports. Like, especially I went through this phase when I was like eight, where I was really into like the NBA and I would make like these, my own little like sports illustrated magazines and stuff like that. And, uh, but then later on, like I got really into like starting to scribble down poems. And then, uh, of course, like it, I would say the, the first thing I got real serious about was when I started writing lyrics, um, and playing music. And then, um, uh, off and on through my late teens, early twenties, I started to try to write a novel. Started and stopped a bunch, but uh, didn't didn't actually get serious about and finish my first novel until a couple years ago. But uh, but I, I would say when I first really got got into it was with lyrics, okay. and 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 probably my late teens. So. So, so what, what kind of, you know, I'm fascinated by your story because, um, I, I know one thing and, and I don't, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I think you still work a day job and I, I, I think you've yeah. talked about that and just how you've learned to write, you know, in between the job and you have a young family, um, similar to me. And, um, and, and I think that's actually, a, an important part of your story, which we can get into. Um, but, but where was kind of the, the moment where you kind of got over that hump? I mean, cause you, um, you know, been writing obviously since you're a kid and, um, but yeah, you just started really cranking out the books in the last couple of years. You know, you got like 10, 12 things out there. And, um, you know, what, what kind of, was there a moment, was there a time where you just realized, I think I can do this, or I really enjoy this, or I'm going to do it regardless um, of the response? I mean, was there something that kind of just hit you like, yeah, I, I really want to do this? You know, so so here's kind of where my story goes, is that in, in 2012, um, I... Uh, I lost a hundred pounds in a year, um, in, in a 15 month period. And I started a blog about that. And I, uh, I ended up writing a nonfiction book about how I lost weight. Um, and that was the first book I finished. And that was when I realized, Oh, I could do this. So, um, fast forward a little bit and I was like, I want to take a stab at fiction. And, uh, and so in 2000, I get my dates on this. So like fall of 2014, um, I, I was like, I'm going to get real serious about trying to write fiction and get into this. So, um, I remember, uh, I remember going on, uh, the iTunes podcast app and putting in just typing self-publishing and self-publishing podcast came up, which I know you're familiar with cause you mentioned it on podcast with Jay. So I started listening to that and I was like, wow, I could totally do this. So, um, uh, my, my daughter was not born yet. Um, or wait, yeah, she was, I'm sorry. God, I'm, I'm totally losing track of my time. Uh, but, uh, anyway, so I decided I'm like, I'm going to finish a novel and, uh, and I did. And, and I, at the time I was, I was really juggling a lot then <laughs> I was working a full-time job. I was working part-time at a gym as a personal trainer. And then I had a newborn and wife and was trying to do this. And one of those things had to go. It ended up being personal training, and I ended up writing a lot. Uh, and uh, and yeah, so uh, ended up gaining a lot of weight back. <laughs> but that's a whole that's that's a whole other story. So, uh, but um, anyways, uh, but yeah, so that that that's kind of, that's kind of how it happened. So this whole thing, I published my first book uh, in February, like February first of two thousand fifteen. So. 
first first fiction novel. Yeah, so you're only February 20 today as we're recording, but yeah, I just um, had my two. Years, yeah. yeah. So you're you've been kind of and is it you know one of the things I, I realized when I did my first novel I, I was I have a very similar story to yours as I started non with nonfiction it's like hey I'll try a you know fiction I did NaNoWriMo and all that um, didn't finish the first time I did it but um, but it was something about when you finish that first one it's like a levy kind of broke and you just kind of you just said to yourself I can do this like I can I can at least finish I'm not saying it's good but I can I can I can get it done and you know you kind of learn from that process was that was that similar to your your experience I mean when you kind of hit the end and you know said okay I think there's something here yeah it was weird like you know if I could go back now like I mean there's probably a lot of things I would change um the weird thing that happened to me is that like my first book took off. So, which is rare. Um, and, and it was weird because when it happened, I kind of like, I'd had the nonfiction book, but I didn't know how abnormal it was. Like I didn't know how abnormal it was to have a book sit in the top 1200 on Amazon for like four months. So, uh, I mean the second month that I had this book out, I made more money than I had made at the gym the whole year. So, uh, and it was, you know, a lot less commute. (laughs) So, um, which is part of the reason why that went by. (laughs) Um, but, uh, but, but yeah, um, I digress. I don't even remember what your original question was now because I started going off on another path. Yeah, no, just the, <laughs> just the moment you, you kind of realize once you finish that, like, you could do this and, you know, gotcha. was that just like a confidence booster? You know, um, and obviously it was, selling, oh, it was selling, but. Absolutely. And, and, and going back to when I lost all my weight, like, I really gained uh, a discipline there, like, to I'm going to get up in the morning and I'm going to go to the gym. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to eat well. I'm going to, you know, like I got really, like, I I don't, I I get really focused on things. So, um, that all translated over to this. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to get my words in. I'm going to spend my lunch break getting my, getting more words in. I'm going to get them in when I can, when my daughter goes to bed, like all, all this stuff, like it all translated. And, and, and so, so yeah, it was, it was a, a very much an additional confidence boost, confidence boost when my editor was like, okay, this is done. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, I finished a novel. <laughs> it was pretty cool. You know? So, yeah, it, it's, I think that's something that you, you want people, you know, I talk to a lot of writers all the time. I mean, I interview them obviously, but then I also just talk to people almost, it seems like daily that are, Hey, you know, how, how did you do the first one? And, and, you know, how do I do this? And I got this idea and I got, you know, I wrote some stuff. There, there's just something about finishing that for, I mean, even if you never share it, you know, just, just yep. fi- finishing it, it, it's like a muscle or something that just, yep. you know, and then you kind of feel what that's like. And then you, you know, it doesn't make it any easier the next time, but you know, you, you realize, yeah, it's going to be difficult, um, but you can, you can get it done. Um, well let's, um, cause I think this fits into this part of the conversation is just, you know, the day job. Um, I've heard you talk about that on different, uh, interviews and things and, um, you, you know, been open about that. Obviously you had a couple, mm-hmm. couple jobs going at one time, but you also have a young child. I think you just have one still at the moment. Yes. Um, yeah. She's two, two and a half. Okay. So. so yeah, your hands full there. Um, I got three boys and they're all crazy and, uh, but, oh, wow. but um, you know, what, what have you been learning as far as, you know, uh, 
discipline habits, you know, around the day job? Because obviously you've, you know, in two years you've still cranked out a lot of material, uh, a lot of books. Um, so, you know, what does that look like uh, for you right now? Kind of what are you learning about that? Um, you know, any, any advice you can give someone listening? Because most people listening, you know, have work day jobs, how to just keep working on your books and, you know, around life, obviously. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, is and everyone's going to have, different goals. Like, you know, my goal is to like, I mean, I have a really good day job. Um, uh, I work for a really good company, um, that, uh, you know, a lot of, it's, it's funny, the company I work for, I mean, like we get hundreds of resumes a day because, you know, it's, it's a, it's a music instrument company. So like a lot of people want to work there. So I have a good job. It's very rock and roll company. You know, um, I can basically wear pajamas to work. Like it's, it's awesome. Um, but this is what I want to do. I want to be a writer. So <clears throat> that's my motivation. So it's like, that is what makes it a lot easier for me to wake up at four 30 in the morning and drive to uh, part. Part of my thing that's kind of weird is like traffic in Nashville is terrible. Cause it's really like outgrown what it can handle. And, and so like, I'll actually beat, tra- like I, I live in a different County from, so I, and uh, I live about half an hour from my day job. So I'll actually beat all the traffic into town and go sit at a coffee shop for an hour and a half and write that opens at 6am. So, um, so I, I get to that coffee shop at 6am and like, I mean, I just, I'm motivated to do it because this is what I want to do. Like I will, like clock out for lunch and go right because it's what I want to do. So my advice to people is like, how bad, like I hate to say this, but like how bad do you want it? Like in, in the, and the worst excuse you can make is I don't have time. So if you don't have time, then it's not a priority. And I understand that there are a, maybe it's a little unfair to say that, you know, cause there's people in your situation who have three kids, but you know, might be like a single mom or something. And it's very hard to find time. But like, even if that time is you getting in 15 minutes, you know, like, I mean, every, the way you finish a book is one sentence at a time, one word at a time. And it's going to add up, you know, and there's a lot of creative things you can do in order to like increase your productivity. Like I got really into dictation last year you know, uh, because I wanted to be able to write on my long commute home because on on the way home, I can't be traffic. So I'm in traffic for at least an hour so I can dictate in my recorder, you know? Um, so, so that, that's, you know, you got to make it a priority. You got to want it to, and, uh, and, and if you want it and you make it a priority, then you'll never not have the time if that makes sense. So. I think that's one of the, the best, uh, things of advice that you can, you can give probably a writer is that you have to kind of gauge like, yeah, what, what's your goal? You know, what, yeah. if you don't, you know, if you don't make the time, it's obviously just kind of a hobby or just something. That, and you know, that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. You just have to determine, yeah, what, what is your, your goal, you know? Um, and it might not be leaving the full-time job, but it still might be being prolific and writing 50 books before you die, but still keeping the day job. But, exactly. but, yeah. you, but you have to figure out what that's going to look like. And, um, yeah, and I, I think that's great advice too. That just the idea that the words really do add up. I think you know, I, I, I read a lot of like Dean Wesley Smith, and you mm-hmm. know, he talks. He's very public about his writing, and 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 you know, he always talks about you don't have to be a fast typer, you know, or fast typist. Um, it, it's just about spending more 
time in the chair. You know, if you can write a thousand words an hour, which is fairly slow, actually, um, you know, you do that two hours a day. I mean, that's 2000 words in, in 365 years or, I mean, you know, say a couple weeks off. You're talking, you know, 20 books, 20 like yeah. decent sized novels. Um, so it's, yeah, I, it, it adds up so fast. Like one, one, one thing I love doing, and I, I, <clears throat> I stole this from my friend Monica Leonel. She has a book called The Eight Minute Writing Habit, and she has a part in there where she talks about how she keeps her an iPad uh, with a keyboard next to her bed, mm-hmm. and every night, like, she'll just set a timer for eight minutes and write as much as she can her manuscript and like if i do that like i can write about 300 like i'll do about 10 minutes and i can write like 300 words if i do that every night that's an extra 2100 words a week that's like adding an extra day of productivity to my week like because i usually get in about 2000 words so uh, in a day so like that's huge and that's 10 minutes if you can if so if you can do that a few times a day then, I mean, you're going to write, I mean, you're going to be able to get a book done like way faster than you think you are. So you don't have to set aside two hours, you know? Um, and, and so, and as long as you're prepared and planned and know what you're writing, you ought to be able to pump a lot of words out. So, yeah. So you, you said that your goal is to be a full-time writer. And so does that mean, you know, leaving the, the day job completely? Um, you know, what would that look like as far as, you know, is there an ending is there a, uh, I, I should say, an end, end point in sight, or is that just whenever that happens, that happens? Or kind of talk a little bit about that. Kind of how are you thinking about that and working towards that goal? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not whenever it happens, it happens. Because I think if you say that, then it'll never happen. You know, um, and uh, and and so I mean, I definitely, I definitely have goals. I mean, uh, and but but like I said, like I'm, I, I really, I, I do, I have a good job, so. There's really, there's really no reason for me to rush right now. I'm just trying to build a back catalog and uh, and just get as much as many as much stuff out as possible and get as many ways for people to get into my work as possible. Um, and but so so that I can make that a reality. So um, yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how I answer that, I guess. So. So talk a little bit about, um, you know, with the day job, you obviously have a young family. Um, how how are you kind of learning how to navigate? you know, family life and writing life and, and all of that. Like, is there anything you're kind of learning along the way? Obviously you've had you know, a child's a couple years old and, you know, yeah. you've probably been some ups and downs in that, but, um, you know, yeah. how, how much are involved are they in the process? Is it, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Just talk about that, what that looks like for your, your life. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very fortunate that my wife is very, very supportive. I mean, I, I, when I say very supportive, like I'm, I, I can't tell you how blessed I am. Like she's, she's behind me all the way. Like she understands if like I'm running behind on a project and I need to put some extra time in, um, you know, she really, really, really is behind me and wants me to achieve this goal. And she wants me to be writing full time. So that is so huge. Like I, I can't even imagine how I would be able to do this without her being like that. You know, um, I, I would say the biggest thing that I've changed is, in my first year, um, I was, you know, writing in the morning, writing at lunch. Um, and then I would, I would, I would always write at night too. And I've kind of cut that one out. Like I've pretty much like, um, when I get home, unless I'm really running behind on a project or, you know, uh, 
uh, or if I, I just, uh, my wife kind of wants to go off and do her own thing after our daughter goes to bed. Um, that's totally cool. You know, we're both kind of introverted in that way where we like to definitely have our own long time and like away from each other even. So th- those, t- those times I will like come duck myself in here and work on stuff. But for the most part, I've pretty much like set the nights off limits now and I don't really do much. Um, uh, that's kind of family time. Um, and I get up so early that I really, it's, you know, I pretty much have to go to bed early. Um, the, the weekends, um, are kind of unique. Like, so Saturday I actually take off from writing and it's kind of by necessity, honestly. Uh, my wife works, my wife's a massage therapist. Um, yeah, I know I'm lucky. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and, uh, so she works all day Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Sunday is a little different because she goes in a little later. So I have a couple hours. I usually have about two and a half hours on Sunday morning to get stuff done. Um, and then, uh, but that's it on the weekends. So, um, so the rest of that time that I give my daughter. So like my, that's daddy daughter time all day Saturday and then most of Sunday. So, um, so that really like fills, fills a lot of that void of like being away from the day job, getting up so early and leaving the house, uh, only gain a couple times, a couple hours with her a night, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, so I guess the biggest thing is just understanding that like, I, I don't have to work all the time and that I should kind of make my evenings like sacred for my family It's kind of been, which just makes me work harder, you know, on my commute with my dictation before work on my lunch break. Like I just get a lot on that Sunday morning. I just get more done those times because I know I have to. And occasionally I'll do the, like I said, I'll do the Monica thing where I'll write right before I go to bed. So for eight minutes, which I can spare. So, <laughs> you know, it's interesting the, the, um, the, the family life and, and, and I wish I, I still don't, I should look it up because I'm lazy, but um, there's a law, you know, where it says, you know, if we have only X amount of time, you know, we'll fill that time with, with, whatever, yeah. you know, because people say, well, if I went full time, then I could really write, but, but you really <laughs> learn to use the time that you have, you know, to its, yeah. its max potential. I mean, cause, because the reality is sometimes you can write more in two hours than really four um, because you're, you're locked in and, and you know, you don't yeah. have that for, you know, those extra two hours. Um, and, and so I imagine, you know, even with the weekend off, you're, you're, you, because you have Monday through Friday, you really are focused in on, you know, uh, cranking out the words and, and knowing there's gotta be an end in sight. Yeah. And, and, and I think that like, it's funny. Cause like, I hear a lot of people say that. And I think it really just depends on who you are, honestly. Like, as far as like, how like, um, I think for me, when I do end up going full time, I think that my kind of capacity before I really like break down and just can't go anymore is probably going to be around 5,000 words a day. Um, but I don't know yet. Like, I just don't know what that's going to look like, you know? And because I do think to a degree that what you're saying is right. Like, we'll work harder in that little bit of time we have. But then at the same time, like, you know, I have friends who are full-time writers that have ridiculous word outputs. Like, um, my, you know, Lindsay Broker, I think she writes like almost 10,000 words a day or something. Uh, Daniel Aronson, uh, who's a good friend of mine, like he is just pumping stuff out. Um, uh, he, he writes a ton of words a day. Uh, so I think it just depends on who you are and how much mental capacity you have before you just get mentally exhausted and can't go any longer, you know? So, yeah, it, it is funny when you listen to different authors. I mean, you know, I was listening to like Joe R. Lansdale, if you ever heard of him. And, oh, yeah. You know, he, yeah. Was, he was talking about how I think he only writes like 
two thousand words a day. Just like I can't do anymore. Yeah. And if I do, I'll I think that's what Stephen King does. Right. He does like twenty five hundred or something. Yeah. And, you're, and you're like, but you write like you know twelve hundred page books. Like <laughs> it seems like you'd be you know doing ten thousand a day. But um, but yeah. yeah, they're just every day. I mean, it's just the consistency, kind of what you're saying before. It's just you know every day, just adding more to the to the count, and before long, you have a you have a rough draft. <laughs> Yeah. And I think with me too, like it's a different, it's a different type of energy, like editing versus writing. Mm -hmm. So in a perfect world, like when I am ready to make that transition, I'll kind of already have something ready to be in editing mode and something ready to write so that like in the morning I can write and then I can take a break, you know, go eat lunch, go to the gym, whatever, and then come back and like work on revisions on another project in the afternoon and do marketing and all that, all that kind of stuff I wouldn't need to do. So, uh, I think just having multiple things to work on would also definitely help in that situation as yep. opposed to now where for me, it's a little bit better to work on one thing at a time for the most part, which now right now I'm not doing <laughs> and, it's, right. and I haven't had a, and because of that, I haven't had a release in a few months. So, mm-hmm. well, and I, I think too, when you're, you know, you're not full time, um, or you're, you know, have a day job, a different full-time job is that you, you can't really walk away from the work during the day and say, you know, I'm going to take a couple hours off and take a nap, you know, or, or just yeah. go, go for a walk and kind of reboot. Cause you don't have that luxury. It's like, exactly. yeah, I'm, I'm going to be home in a few hours. I don't have, I can't, you know, take a nap and try to, <laughs> you know, exactly. kind of get exactly. it, get it going again. But, um, no, it's very true. Um, well, Hey, let's, let's switch gears a little bit because, uh, I, you know, I just, I just happened to talk to, you know, your buddy Jay Thorne and, um, and you guys had done a, a collaboration together and, and you're obviously uh, not obviously, but maybe obviously you're also, uh, working together on a kind of a collaborative, uh, business as well that he, he talked a little mm-hmm. bit about and that's exciting. And I wanted to just pick your brain about collaboration in general. Um, because I think it's an interesting idea that, um, I think we're seeing more in the indie community probably than anywhere else. Um, as far as actually working together to, to, you know, create books, um, and you know, what, what has been your experience as far as collaboration? You know, you can, it's a safe place. You can talk about Jay all you want. Um, no, but what, what, do you, what have you been learning about your own writing and your own style, your own method as far as when you, when you kind of open up the, the box to, uh, collaborate with someone yeah. else? Yeah. I, it's funny. Like, so we just finished, uh, we just got our, the first book in our trilogy to an editor a couple days ago. Um, and, uh, it, it's been interesting. Like it's, you know, it, it's funny because I, there was a lot of time between the time that I sent him the first draft and when I got it back. And the first funny thing is that when you have some time off in between, like you don't really remember what you wrote and what he changed, <laughs> you know? So that's kind of interesting. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, it, it's interesting. Like <clears throat> I, I, he and I are definitely in this learning process where, you know, he's done this a lot more than I have. And I mean, this is my first collaborative, like full project. And, uh, and, and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot. Like it's, there's some things you have to just kind of like put your ego aside and let go of. And then there's other things where like, I did put my foot down a little more and was like, okay, we really should change. Now there wasn't a lot of that, but you know, the, the thing is I trust him and the way we worked is I wrote the whole first draft and handed off to him for revisions. And I'm one of these people where I'm not like, <clears throat> like I, I think you even mentioned this when you're talking to him was how like, you're really, it's really scared to like expose yourself and like send someone your rough draft and like, Oh my gosh, they're going to read this junk. <laughs> like that, that doesn't even pass my mind. Like, I don't care. Like I, 
I almost sent it to him without me even doing a read through. Like I almost didn't even read it. Like I almost was just like, here, like you fix everything. Um, Cause I understand that he understands it's going to be crap. So, and I did a really good job going through as I went through the first time of leaving him comments. Like you're going to need to fill in some stuff here. Uh, you know, this section needs a little bit of work. Like I, I left him a ton of comments. I left him a ton of work <laughs> and, uh, I ended up doing a pass on it before. I think I might have done two passes before I sent it to him. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, we, we've definitely learned a lot about how to work with each other. But the thing is, we're a great partner. We're a great partnership because of the fact that he loves editing and I love writing first drafts. Mm-hmm. So like we're, it's perfect. So um, it's worked out really, really well. And it's been a really, really interesting experience so far. And hopefully our method just grows and it gets easier and easier every time. So, so how, how do you write? Are you a, a outliner, uh, pantser? Where, where do you kind of lie? Um, you know, maybe when you collaborate, but also maybe just in your own work. I mean, do you do it differently or do you kind of work from an outline or how's that work for you? It's funny for me, like every book is kind of different. Like, so I've, I've done really extensive outlines. I've done, uh, I always have some kind of framework. Like the, I've tried writing without an outline and it was an, like, I, now I have 50,000 words sitting on my computer that no one will ever see because it just went nowhere. Um, so I have to have something like, I at least need to know, like these main plot points need to happen in the first third of the book. These things need to happen in the middle. These things need to happen at the end. Um, Jay, on the other hand has basically like, and he talked about this when he talked to you, he talked about the story grid. Like he's really nailed that story grid method. So he was actually able to come to me. He wrote me a huge outline, like, this all this is going to happen in chapter two all this is going to happen in chapter three four like it was so it made it a breeze to go through that first book now obviously along the way i found out where he kind of missed plot points and stuff and we had to pivot so a lot of things changed Uh but for the most part it stayed pretty consistent but for me i'm a little different book to book sometimes i get really aggressive and i build these characters out and i really build a plot and then there's other times where i'm a little bit looser and i find the story along the way so it's it's I have I just haven't really like nailed one thing down yet, and I think it's going to take a while and a lot of playing around before I do. To be honest with you, if I ever do, mm-hmm. it may be different every time. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's what's interesting about writers. It's there. There is no. I mean, you, you feel dumb almost giving advice sometimes because you you meet ten writers and they do things ten you know ten different ways. Um, I was listening to an interview the other day with a. Um, I think it was Anne Rice, and she was just talking about how she's like, yeah, you know, this book, I I didn't have one idea, and I just wrote it, and the next one I had, you know, ten thousand word outline, and it's just kind of like, yeah, whatever I feel like, you know, um, and, and I think there's there's something beautiful in that because I think for people listening, you know, that you know, we talk about being prolific and and you know, creating work and and getting your work out there, is sometimes I think we get so obsessed with how you know, how am I going to do it? How, how should I do it? Is there a magic formula that we don't write anything? Um, and I think you just have to kind of learn along the way, you know, learn who you are, learn how you're wired. Uh, I mean, some people just want to die thinking about an outline, you know, and yet, yeah, yeah, others have, have found an in between. It's like, yeah, it's kind of an outline. It's just a few ideas or a few, you know, seven p- points and I'm good, you know, yeah. others it's nothing, you know? So, um, so yeah, I, th- I think you know not not getting married to a, a methodology is in, is important. Um, you know, would you say in collaboration, just as you've you've begun this journey? I mean, as your um, you, you feel your your writing is getting stronger, um, just from having 
you know, different eyes on it and kind of working together and going back and forth and then pointing things out. I mean, would you say that helps your writing in some ways? Absolutely. I mean, even, even just since I went through, uh, like I just got done going through our revisions a few days ago and like sending them back to him, like with suggested changes and even just reading all the stuff he changed of mine has kind of changed my, you know, how I'm writing now. <laughs> like even so, uh, so absolutely. Like, uh, and, 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 you know, another thing I, I've worked with basically the same editor, like, uh, the, or I have worked with the same editor through all my books up until this one. And, uh, as much as I love my editor and I, I've even told her this, like, I kind of want to start working with different editors just because I want to get different viewpoints and learn and, and, and have, get a different kind of critique. You know, um, I, I don't want to give up my editor all the way. Like I, I want her to still work on some stuff, but I'd like to work with different people just to kind of like, cause I want to grow. I want to get better as a writer, you know? Um, I mean, my first book is basically like, like I hate when other writers read it, <laughs> like my, my empty bodies book, just cause it's, it's not, it's not great. You know, it's, it's very commercially written, but you know, it's, it's an audio book, so I can't go back and change it now. <laughs> so, uh, and there's a lot of, and I just wouldn't want to take the time to do it anyway. So sure. anyways, yeah. um, but yeah, this whole collaborative process has definitely impacted me a lot for sure. That's great. As far as being a writer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a scary thing. Cause I think, you know, most writers are, we're isolated. We're, you know, in our little rooms or wherever, and you know, people aren't looking over our shoulder or, you know, the only people are going to see it are probably your editors or your beta readers or whoever. Um, yeah. The thing you have to remember though, with me and Jay is that we come from bands. Mm-hmm. So like being in a band is a collaborative process. Right. So, right. Like, so for me, like it's, it was pretty natural to go work with somebody else, especially another musician. Like it just made it like, it's, it's fine. Like I'm totally cool with him and I trust him and I know that he's going to make what I send him better. So that's great. Yeah. That's great. It's great to have a friend like that and a partner like that. Uh, talk a little bit about the, the company, um, uh, that you guys are kind of starting together. I know it's getting, got some stuff in the works and, yeah. um, you know, from your kind of perspective i know jay talked a little bit about it but kind of what what's the goals what's the dreams that it would become and and kind of what does it look like right now yeah i mean it's i mean jay kind of i think he kind of explained it for the most part but you know uh, molten universe media is our company that we're starting and we're basically going to start out by just working it's just gonna be he and i like putting up collaborative books and putting up a catalog um we eventually want to bring in other authors and work with them. Um, we want to do it a little bit different. Like we don't, we don't necessarily just want to like get a manuscript and then publish it. Like we kind of have this plan of like, you know, finding authors who, you know, uh, maybe, you know, maybe they want to be, be more prolific, but they don't they're not really good at outlining. Like we want to help them through that process. Uh, almost be, almost make it more collaborative, you know, in, in a way. Uh, we also, uh, we also, as Jay mentioned, you know, we use the word media because we have long term a bigger vision of of uh, of doing other things. Like I would love to do comic books and graphic novels. Like I, I'm I'm not a huge fan of comic books, but I do read some. Um, I'm a, I, I would, I would love to do video games. Um, I mean, I'm wearing a Nintendo 64 t-shirt, so, yeah, baby. um, yeah, so I, I would love to do video game writing. I think that would be a blast. Uh, and, and who knows, like maybe movies one day, like we don't, we don't know, like, or at least do screenplays and stuff. So, 
Um, but for the initial, like right now, it's really just he and I working collaboratively and we're just kind of feeling things out. And then we're going to kind of, we don't, we don't really have a big plan, honestly, right now for what that next step is. But uh, we, we know that, you know, we're, we're, we'll find it along the way and we'll figure out what it is, you know, so. So when's your, your first, uh, you mentioned, you know, your first, I think you said trilogy uh, is off to yeah. editors. Uh, when is that possibly ready for consumption? Uh, our editor is supposed to have it back to us in a couple of weeks. Um, she actually works for uh, uh, one of the big New York publishers, too. <laughs> um, she works for Hachette. Um, so uh, she's pretty busy with other projects. <laughs> and she, so, But it's a... Uh, it's a friend of mine's fiance. So we were able to kind of get in and have her do some, uh, uh, freelance stuff for us. Um, but so hopefully it's, it's only going to take about two or three weeks. And uh, assuming that there's no big, uh, plot holes that we have to fix, which hopefully there won't be since there were two of us working on it. And it's just basic edits. Uh, we're hoping to have it out like maybe early April. Um, uh, but because we kind of have a week blocked off in March for something else, um, <laughs> which is so if we get the manuscript back during then it's going to be hard to work on it. But uh, but uh, but yeah, so ho- hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the next month, the month and a half or so. So, OK, so w- where are you at as far as your kind of rhythm of producing work? You know, the Zach Bohannon stuff, the Bohannon and Thorne stuff. I mean, is it, yeah. is it is it all collaborative right now? Or are you still cranking out your own stuff or kind of where are you at right that? So right now I am uh, uh, so I'm I'm pretty much completely done with the project with Jay for right now until we have to go to until I have to write book two which he's going to start working on an outline really soon. Uh, so right now I'm actually putting I mentioned that I do uh, fantasy under a pen name. I actually haven't released a book yet, but I'm uh, almost done with uh, going through my editor's changes on the first book. So. That book might actually release right around the same time as Dawn does, uh, which is one cool thing about using a pen name, I'm finding out. So um, <laughs> it doesn't really matter if you put two books close together. <laughs> right, um, right. So there's that. Um, and I also am – I do – I have started another Zach Bohannon post-apocalyptic story, um, uh, which is a spinoff of my Empty Body series um, that takes place in the future. Um and I'm not really sure yet if it's going to be one novel or a series. Um, it probably wouldn't be more than three books, um, but I've got about 13,000 words written in that. Um, and But that's kind of on hold until I uh, get this fancy thing out. I've been working on this fancy book since May, but other projects keep bumping in front of it. So I'm, I'm really trying to – I have a lot of money invested in a cover and edits, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it out and – uh, hope that it does well, even though it's a brand new author name. So, okay. yeah. All right. So is that uh, is that just strategic as far as confusion or you know yes. genre wise? Yeah, I, I struggle with that a lot. And the more I listen to uh, Chris Fox, who ironically writes under his own name for everything, and he just keeps separate list. Um, I, I go look at other authors' pages who do this, and it's like. I think if you write like like my buddy, I mentioned Daniel Aronson. Like Daniel Aronson writes fantasy and he writes sci-fi. Like his his Earthrise series is just like like been top five hundred on Amazon for months. Like he's crushing it. Um, but I think he's selling enough where it's like fine. But like the and 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 fantasy and sci-fi are 
not the same, but like not, I don't know. Like the last thing I want is for people to be recommending my zombie books to people who read my fancy stuff. So like for me, it just made more sense to, to give a pen name a shot and, uh, and see what I could do with it. If it fails, I can always put my name on the book later and, and try it that way. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think you know genres does. I think dictates a lot of that. Um, you know, zombie readers tend to be very avid zombie readers and devour, exactly. devour you know only that. You know, <laughs> at least at least what I I've don't heard. even know how they're. Yeah, I don't even know how a lot of my zombie readers are going to take to my just post apocalyptic book and rhyme with Jay. You know, right. um, so we'll see. Like it's, but yeah, they're very very avid for sure. So yeah, that's probably a good a good strategy in the long run see how that goes uh so you talked a little bit about what you're working on and and excited about that and um you know what one of the things i always like to to ask authors is kind of just advice um and it could be anything um just you know people listening that are just you know they're they got that one book that they've been sitting on or they just only have one book and they're they're trying to get more work out you know what would be kind of the the advice that you would give to say hey this this can be done and and here's here's some things to think about I think it kind of, I mean, honestly, I think it just goes back to what I was saying earlier with, you just have to put the time in, like you need to, like, uh, you really need to try to exercise that muscle every day, even if you only have five or 10 minutes, even if, you know, you have to open a Google Drive doc on your phone, and you have to type on your phone, like, I mean, do what you have to do, you know, and and one thing that I like to do that Jay mentioned when you talked to him was, you know, I, I really think having a place makes a big difference like because it it puts you in that mental that mental stage like i know going back to when i lost all my weight like i couldn't work out at home like i when i went to the gym it was like okay i'm at the gym i'm here to do one thing and 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 it's kind of like that now so like when i show up at that coffee shop five days a week in the morning like that's my place like i'm going to work um so uh i think that those are the two most important things like just consistency man like be, you gotta you gotta build it into a habit and just be consistent like and and get those words down and you know it's it's going to uh it, it's it's it'll happen for you and if you know another thing is if there's one thing I can maybe change if I went back like I don't know if I would have released my first book when it was done I might have finished two or three books you know um and and I say that and I could totally do that on my fancy now and I'm not going to. So <laughs> I'm 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 going to I'm going to release that book by itself. But uh, there's other reasons for that. But uh but um but yeah, just be consistent. That's 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 the biggest thing I can say. So Well, hey, uh Zach, it's been a real pleasure having you on and uh I know this episode is going to help a lot of people and I'm really excited for you and Jay and all the work you're doing together and also all the stuff you're doing by yourself and, um, and Hey, all the best, uh, into the future. And I uh, hopefully we can, can stay in touch. Um, before you go, where, where's the best place people can find all your work and get in touch with you and say hello and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's, uh, it's www.zachbohannon.com. Um, will will kind of, uh, will kind of, kind of take you everywhere for that. So, and before you go, you did mention that you have to do, do your plug um, for what's coming yeah. up. You said in March or so. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah. So um, this is actually the first time I'm talking about this publicly, which is kind of cool because this has been a work since June, I believe, or May, and I've never kept a secret this long. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So uh, in a few weeks, I'm not sure when this will air, but uh, 
<clears throat> on March 18th, I think it is, um, I am flying to Chicago and I am meeting Jay Thorne, who we've talked about, um, Lindsay Baroker and Joanna Penn. And we are meeting and taking a train to New Orleans. And uh, we are spending a week in New Orleans writing a book together. We are writing a uh, we're writing a uh, installment of Jay's American Demon Hunter series um, together. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I mean, for people, for you, I mean, I'm sure a lot of the writers who listen to this are familiar with the Creative Pen. Um, they maybe they listen to Lindsay's podcast, the uh, Science Fiction Fancy Marketing podcast. Um, you know, both them are USA Today best bestsellers um joanna's coming all the way over here from london <laughs> so uh it's it's going to be a lot of fun um we're the four of us are really really looking forward to this um and uh <clears throat> uh i've spent a ton of time in new orleans uh so it's uh it's it's gonna be fun to go back i haven't been in a while so uh yeah so we're we're it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a great experience and something i'm really really looking forward to so so one people check out the American uh, Demon Hunter series, the great series. I, I started reading that, and uh, and two though. So here's a question. I'm now I'm intrigued by this. Um, are are you all four writing the same book together? So you're kind of yes, and then kind of passing it back and forth and all that. So what we're gonna do is we'll, we're gonna use the train trip to brainstorm. Okay. So we're actually gonna be kind of brainstorming, and I think the idea is um, is. Uh, to, we're going to pretty much be writing different characters, but they're going to intersect in different ways. So uh, um, we still kind of got to figure that part out. <laughs> but uh, but we, we've, we, we've already had a couple of Skype meetings and stuff, and I think we have a pretty good plan as to how we're going to do it. Um, okay. but, uh, but the plan is to, to, uh, to get the book written that whole week um, – we already have an editor and stuff lined up and uh, to try to get the book out. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the date. Like we actually have a release date. So, okay. cause we're, we're the, it's kind of an, we're trying to do it fast and, right. and, uh, and, and, and get it out there. So, uh, awesome. but I don't know if I'm supposed to say the release date, but anyways, right. it's, it's going to be a blast. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and hanging out with some other smart authors for a few days. Yeah, that sounds that sounds really great. I, I think that's a phenomenal idea, and uh, that sounds like a lot of fun. So yeah, look forward to hearing more about that and seeing what what comes of it. So, um, and if anyone's interested in getting more info, uh, Jay wanted me to drop uh, AmericanDemonHunters.com website. Uh, is we're going to have all the information up there on it, so okay. uh, people people can go go check it out. And this whole trip was his brainchild because this is just the way he thinks. He just does crazy stuff. So cool. yeah, I'll definitely yeah. Put, put that in the show notes so people can check that out too. Well, hey, awesome. hey, Zach, this is awesome. So thank you for again for coming on. I know you're a busy guy and you got to get up at four in the morning and all that fun <laughs> stuff. So and get to get your words out. But um, hey, thanks again. It, um, it, definitely my pleasure and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for stopping by the Prolific Writer Podcast. Please leave a review on iTunes so we can help more writers share their stories with the world. And head over to rockhousepublishing.com for books, resources and other writing and publishing tips. See you next time.